everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at book two in the Magical Bakery Mystery Series by Bailey Cates, which is called Bewitched, Bothered and Biscotti, which is a, it's a pretty fun title, I like that. It took me a long time to get around to book two in this series, and you already know this if you saw my What I've Been Buying Since Christmas video uh, over on YouTube, but the books in this series are actually kind of pricey. Like The first one was like 99p, like the usual kind of used book price on eBay. The subsequent like paperback copies are between four and six pounds, which is kind of more than I like to pay for a second-hand book. Um, I don't really enjoy reading to review on the Kindle, so um, I've decided to try and you know, buy the paperback copies. And also because I kind of wasn't in a, a very fluffy novel place for a while, but I had a, I had a little bit of a craving, and so I ordered this from eBay or Amazon. I can't remember which. It's been a, a weird month. Uh, but basically, in the first book, we were introduced to Katie Lightfoot in Savannah, Georgia, where she had just moved to open up a bakery, discovered that she was a hereditary hedge witch, uh, which is basically like Wiccans, but with real superpowers, and that her aunt was one, and that her mother and father were also magical, but had hidden this from her for her entire life. Um, she became involved in a murder investigation in book one, which I think was called Brownies and Broomsticks. And that's basically where the series goes. It's sort of part witch novel, part cosy bakery recipe goodness, and part murder investigation thing. There's also a kind of love triangle, except from my point of view, it's not really a love triangle. It's a love pair with a guy who won't go away. Um, so you've got Katie and her two love interests are Declan, the hunky fireman, who is just really helpful and nice and, and not pushy. He's just okay. And then there is Steve, who has a ponytail. Instant bad road. Uh, but he's also really pushy. He keeps, like, trying to kiss Katie when she's, like, in low moments and she just needs, like, to be comforted by a friend. Um, and she seems to think that he's super hot and uh, cannot help but lust after him. And I am left entirely cold on Steve. And not sure if this is because of just my lack of interest in men in general, or the fact that he is terrible. But I'm leaning towards the, the latter because I like Declan just fine. I can see his appeal. He's a hunky fireman. But there we go. Unfortunately, we see a lot more of Steve in this book than we did in the first one. And he gets a lot more like a romantic time with Katie, which I wasn't a fan of. Uh, and some attempts are made to, like, humanise him as a character, which, ugh, I just, I hate Steve, and nothing's going to convince me otherwise. Let's jump into the plot, shall we? So we get cracking into the mystery while Katie is on a picnic with uh, Declan at the beginning of the novel. Very little of Declan in this book, quite disappointing. But she finds a dead body under a bush, and thus becomes embroiled in another murder mystery. Although this one is more closely related to magic. She finds out very quickly that the dead guy was involved in a group of six druids in the area. Who have passed down the titles of like membership to this group. Across their male bloodlines for like years and years and years. And it's all very important. And the group is led by Steve's dad. And Steve himself will become a member when his dad dies, although by the end of the book so many people from that group have died that Steve is like called up to service early. And we're quickly introduced to Steve's dad because he comes to warn Katie off of the investigation. He's very sexist and basically the whole 
druid circle is very sexist they don't accept like female children they look down on katie and her like coven i guess uh, for being women and therefore not as good at magic as them and for not doing real magic that hurts people and to be honest they give off a very undruid like vibe i wasn't actually convinced that the author knew what druids are about because when i think of druids i think of well asterix but i also think of just like fairly down-to-earth nature people i know there are female druids now very celtic not very hierarchical and uh, kind of into ceremonial magic the group itself was giving me these kind of Alistair Crowley sexist ceremonial magician vibes. They didn't seem to be doing a whole lot of druiding. Uh, so I was kind of confused as to why the author had decided to describe them as druids, but they're referred to as druids in the book. And Katie sets about trying to work out who killed this member of that group uh, in order to apparently steal a summoning ritual for something called Zesh from his collection to perform it at Samhain and raise this spirit which will like cause huge problems on earth and basically ruin the world. The stakes are pretty high although you wouldn't know it from the lackadaisical approach to the investigation. Uh, I think this is something that I had a problem with in the first book but I can't really remember is that Katie's investigative technique shall we say does not go to the same places that i want to see as a reader to make my own deductions so we're told all this stuff about the the patriarchal nature of this druid group and then she goes to investigate the other members of like the six to find out if one of them is responsible for killing this guy to steal the ritual but we've already been told that they have full access to all of his books so I don't see why they'd have to kill him to steal it. So it became pretty obvious to me right away that whoever we were looking at as the killer was not a member of the group because they already had access to the book. The murder wouldn't make sense in that regard. And also because they'd pushed this whole sexist thing and we were told that the guy who died had a sister and also a guy who was a member of the same group who had died a while before had a daughter. So I, I kind of had my suspicions about one or both of those two trying to seize power uh, from the, the these men but Katie for the most part of the book is just going to different events to meet these guys who were not suspects to me and therefore there was no real point in me seeing those scenes so she goes to like a gallery opening and also a political fundraiser to meet these guys one is an artist and one is like running for government or whatever and it's mostly just the same scenes, it's just her looking at the food that they provide for the buffet, because this is a very food-focused novel, and sneaking around and looking at the guys and not really deducing anything. In fact, the actual leads towards finding out who's actually responsible just kind of land in her lap by coincidence. Uh, she doesn't really notice anything suspicious until it's right in front of her face, so... It's kind of a letdown as far as a mystery novel goes and i'm not that invested in like the love story so that really just leaves the baking portion and although it is kind of cute to like see her at the bakery i could have done without many of the descriptions of just different food like everywhere she meets people is like at a restaurant or there's a buffet there just so she can talk about the food and i thought well if it's a bakery mystery i'd rather just we stick to her like culinary endeavors 
at the bakery and not just every time she sits down with someone they happen to have like a new cake or pie that she can talk about for a bit um so that was a, a little bit annoying hot on the heels of that and this is something that probably just annoys me feeding her dog things that dogs shouldn't eat her dog we we're sort of told throughout the books is like her familiar and doesn't like dog food and it's like okay maybe he just doesn't like that dried dog food i can guess maybe you could give him some like fresh veggies or something on top of that but she like straight up orders him soup from a restaurant with like andouille sausage in it i don't know if that's how you say that but spicy sausage and to like take home and give to her dog and at one point feeds her dog raisins which dogs aren't meant to have so it got kind of annoying that and she was like feeding her dog frosting and various other things that you're not meant to give a dog i'm aware that that's probably just something that would annoy me but i just thought i'd mention it because it does get very annoying when this sort of thing happens in books and it's not the only book that does this but when they just like give food to dogs that dogs aren't meant to have but there we go um, so I found the book kind of slow going. There was way too much like food stuff it, to the extent that it kind of flooded out of the bakery business and was just anytime she was anywhere near food, it was just like took up pages and pages of the story. The story itself was like a little bit plodding because she wasn't really investigating the crime. She was just going around being introduced to the various players involved and not looking into the actual murder um things did kind of heat up from the midsection onwards and because she was attacked with black magic which was at least new and interesting um so she she has this kind of psychic attack on her and manages to fend it off with the help of her probably by now very fat dog uh, and also the spirit of her grandmother uh, she manages to like push off all this like bad psychic energy and that was pretty cool and interesting it was the first time we'd really seen her battle against bad magic as opposed to doing good magic for me there really wasn't enough of her doing magic in the first like two-thirds of the book um there's like her sprinkling cinnamon and stuff into cakes and being like cinnamon is for good luck but no actual performing spells and things which we had more of in the first book so that was a little annoying but i did appreciate the whole like psychic attack element and then when we got into like the final showdown that was very magic heavy as well it was sort of the witches and the druids coming together to perform a ritual to bind the suspect to get a little bit spoilery the suspect is nell who is the daughter of one of the other druids who apparently died of natural causes some months previously and has moved back to the area and gets a job at honeybee's bakery uh because she comes around and is like oh i just happen to be really good at baking and i'm also a witch so maybe you should hire me which was suspicious as fuck and also the fact that she was actually introduced as who she really was because steve knew her so he was like oh yeah this is the daughter of one of those super sexist druid guys and i was like oh, okay well she's here unlike the other woman so it's, it's probably her and it was and then they like caught her and bound her powers so that was kind of underwhelming but i did appreciate like the magical way that they caught her aside from the psychic attack on katie the only other thing that really uh, kind of grabbed my attention in the plot was the introduction of the idea of witch hunters a new policeman comes on the scene a new york detective who has recently joined um and he seems very standoffish and suspicious of katie from the outset he asks her a lot of questions he seems to think that she was involved in the murder he's very aggressive and keeps like accosting her to be like i know what you are and you're responsible for this and she finds out from the other witches in her like coven group uh, that there are such things as witch hunters they tend to like 
try and find people who are either doing magic at all, and those are the bad kind, or doing bad magic, and those are the good kind. Uh, so it's up in the air for most of the book as to what kind he is, but then randomly at the end he just becomes friendly and shows up to mundanely arrest the subject after they've been, you know, magically dealt with. And he just seems to have, like, flipped a switch in his personality because he's realised that Katie isn't evil. She is, in fact, the opposite of evil. She is a light witch, not a light switch. Very important distinction. But apparently light witches can only do light magic. She can't even do evil magic, even if she wanted to. And she can never be tempted by bad magic. Um, wasn't a huge fan of this. It felt very goody-goody two-shoes, but... I guess it's kind of like new, interesting lore that's been invented just for this series, so it's at least original, uh, or at least I've never read about it in, like, another book. So that was kind of interesting, and then at the end of the book, we kind of get just the the, the normal wrap-up, everything's back to normal until, you know, the next murder happens. So, to be honest, wasn't wowed by the murder storyline, wasn't particularly gripped by the sort of cosy chickletiness of it. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood to be cosied the way I thought I was when I started out reading it, but it kind of fell a little bit flat for me and to be honest I'm having kind of a struggle with the, the love story plotline. The thing is I feel like, as I've already said, there is only one strong contender for man of the year. Uh, in that Declan is okay and Steve is just a straight up mess. Uh, I've already mentioned that he like comes to help her when she's been psychically attacked and she's like oh I just I really need just like comfort and then he decides to try and make out with her and because she's into it she doesn't really see a problem with it but I'm not into it and I do see a problem with it. He's just very creepy and at one point she describes the sight of him as so sexy that her scalp begins to sweat. Which is the most unerotic, unerotic thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. Also she gets all like hot and bothered by him when he's wearing a brown t-shirt and khaki shorts. The least erotic get up I can imagine. So I'm not, I'm not loving Steve but also she she kisses Steve a couple of times and then she goes on dates with Declan and stuff. And then when Declan comes over to her house one day to do her a favour and he finds that Steve has been there all night because he came over to protect her when she got psychically assaulted. Declan like freaks out and he's like, I'm done playing your games. And then she's like, I'm not playing games. It's like, but you are though. Because you know very well that both of these guys are interested in you. You must surely have a preference. So just pick one and date that one and it just feels like she's being very silly and very girly and fluffy and all of the things that people assume women are like that she's just like playing the field and trying to have the best of both worlds and stringing these men along and it's playing into that very like quite gross concept and I'm not really a fan of it, and I know this is like a nine book series, and I think book nine has a wedding in it. So at some point, hopefully before book nine, she'll pick the guy that she wants to date. I really hope that that's soon, because I cannot read more books of like her slingshotting around, getting guys to do her favours, and making out with them alternately, and being like, oh, I haven't chosen between you yet, but eventually I might. It's just irritating, so... I have already ordered the, ordered the third one because this is quite a short series, nine books, I can read nine books, I hope, 
um, and hopefully they will get a little bit better, a bit more interesting. We seem to be getting into some more magical lore. Maybe there'll be more witchcraft and stuff in books to come because in this we literally had like a witch on witch battle. I just wish that the writing style was a little bit more dynamic and that it wasn't like bogged down in these really long paragraphs and spending so much time on like Katie's routine and Katie's food diary. Because like literally the first 90 pages were just one day. The, like the day she finds the bodies and then she's like going here there and everywhere sitting down for a cup of coffee and a muffin and then going to get soup and going home and then getting changed and going for a run and then coming home and fixing a snack and feeding the dog stuff that she shouldn't be and it's just like i need time to pass quicker i need it to be a bit more dynamic a little bit more stuff to be happening and this kind of slow summer in savannah georgia pace doesn't really work for me so there are quite a lot of like negative things that I've said about this book and to be honest I, I didn't really have a great time reading it but it was perfectly serviceable it was just not really my thing but I am hoping that the next installment which I believe is called Charms and Chocolate Chips will hit me a little bit more when I'm ready for it and a little bit more ready to be like cozied down with some cozy reading and will hopefully come across a little bit better. If you've read this series, if you'd like to give me your opinion on it, don't forget to comment. Uh, you can do so on the YouTube version of the podcast. I'm also doing videos on my did not finish piles, so if you're looking for more book content, there, there's some stuff over on YouTube as well that won't be on the podcast. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one.